Hello and welcome to Stranger Things, a Downside Up podcast. I'm DB and with me as always is Aaron Minogue. What's up, y'all? And Jared Levin. Hey. So we just finished watching season two of Stranger Things as we gear up for Stranger Things season three dropping on July 4th. So we're going to discuss all of season two today. And then once season three drops, we'll do one show per episode. So before we started uh, recording... Aaron, you mentioned that you have some exciting news. I, yeah, I found out an exciting little piece of information. Okay. Um, and in my six degrees of separation, I'm very close to Dustin, my favorite character on Stranger Things. Oh, cool. How close? Nice. Jared had mentioned that he was from South Jersey, which I did not know. Spoke to my dad on the phone. And my dad used to work with his dad. They were co-workers at Philadelphia Parks. Really? Oh, shit. He's from South Jersey? He's a South Jersey guy. Oh, He's South Jersey nice. guy. Nice. That's cool. So I'm going to try to get him on the show so we can interview him. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, you better <laughs> be able connection. to yeah, pull those strings. Get him on the show. I don't know if I can get him, but I could maybe get his dad. Okay. All right. Hey, that's good. That's, that's, that's good a enough. Step in the right direction. Or like his old neighbor. In, in a way, I would prefer getting his old neighbor to actually getting him. <laughs> I'd just be, that's such a, that, that would be fitting for our show. Yeah. Other podcasts, they don't have that connection. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get his old principal. All these people around him, but nobody from his family. And actually, we should just have somebody on and just say that they were just one of our friends and just say that they were the, his old neighbor and then um, just start making up rumors. Yeah, we'll get some publicity off of the lawsuits. Yeah, then I was going to say, and then we can do a GoFundMe for all the lawsuits. <laughs> wow. So season two, definitely a different feel obviously the opening of of uh season two episode one and then like the first half of the season felt felt a a, a little more fun than last time to me it felt a little more self-aware it was sort of leaning into the 80s you know fun of it all and then we'll talk about it but the second half then it kind of got it had to like hit too many plot points i think but like i don't know what were you guys thoughts about this season uh, overall compared to season one i got into it later on because uh dustin you know he had to take that slug and turn it to be a demi dog or whatever and ate a cat and that cat looked like my cat and that traumatized me so i had to take a couple days off i i i, I had to pet my cat and tell him it's okay. oh really oh yeah. it looks like my cat <laughs> I, think it, I think that's a lesson learned that you just shouldn't have a cat it might be. That Demodog was actually just trying to protect Dustin because if it hadn't eaten that cat, that cat was definitely going to eat Dustin. Oh, that's true. Maybe his mom, about too. It like that. Yeah. It's like the one heroic thing that the Demodogs did. It took me a while to figure out that these were Demodogs. I know Dustin explained it once and then he explained it a second time. Cause, and, and it was after that that I was writing... Uh, in my notes like what the fuck do these demogorgons are they bipedal or quadrupeds like why are they all of a sudden different they're like oh he explained that and i wasn't paying attention so i like the demodogs better a little less creepy a little easier to say yeah that's true and spell i was i was that was much easier to spell once i got the hang of it but it was right at the end for me um they're a little less why do you have to eat the cat though man come on look like my cat 
So it's so interesting because I totally felt nothing about the cat. <laughs> Me neither. I felt like, oh, that looks disgusting. Even a cat's insides are gross. I was so emotional about it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Another series that's uh, going on right now that we're watching is Chernobyl. There's some rough scenes in the second to last episode with dogs. And that's... That to me, that was rough for me even. That was the saddest part of that entire series. And I recognize that this is based on real facts and yes. a lot of people died. The dog scene was just, I was like, fast forward through this. I can't watch this. It's so horrible. And actually, as you're saying that, I'm realizing you have a big painting of a dog right behind your head. Oh, this, <laughs> this right here is my dead dog, Kashka. Oh, it is. Who I had a dream about last night. My dad painted that actually and gave it to me for like my 26th birthday or something. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Your dad who worked with the guy who played Dustin's dad. Yeah, and I mean, my dad's big shit, so he's probably his fucking boss. Oh, shit. Or he at least, or he at least punked him down like he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That your dog's name is Kashka. That's almost like a Russian name. It, you know what? I, uh, I had some Russian neighbors who, when I was walking him one day, I said his name was Kashka, and they started laughing. I was like, I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, but then my sister was pregnant and we started looking up names in Urban Dictionary. Uh-huh. And in Urban, according to Urban Dictionary, Kashka is the Russian word for prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> was, Which also, if you knew the dog, it really fit. Was it a male or female? It was a male. Oh, it was a male. Oh, okay. So he was like a gigolo. He was happy to give his body for whatever he could gain. <laughs> was, he, uh, was he the giver or the taker? He was happy to be both roles. You know, he was flexible in that way. You know what? I respect that. You know, that means that that uh, the dog is uh, he's he's willing to share spread the wealth. Yes. Yeah, I like. He's that. a gentleman and a lady. <laughs> for so for my, I made like a little just some bullets that I wrote down here for uh, Stranger Things season two. Yes. And my very first bullet, Winona's hair is way better. Uh yes, that's true. It's not great, but oh my god, it was way better. You, you know what really pissed me off about this season? I found that the Winona's car is a Pinto. It oh. wasn't a Gremlin. Uh, I know, yeah, you texted me that. And it felt like they were really driving that point home because there were like a few close-ups of the the back end and the, the nameplate on the car. When I came across it the first time, I was like, oh, this is, this is where Jared got it because they, they make it really, really apparent. Yeah, they rubbed that in my face, man. <laughs> you know what I noticed? Because you had made mention of Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah. I think that definitely had to be advertised on their movie banner or their uh, their marquee out front of the theater. Because I noticed that Terminator was showing Yes. during season two. They were showing Terminator, but then it was weird. I was actually a little confused because then there was a point later in this, like a few episodes later, where they were watching Terminator on the t on TV. Oh, I did not notice that. Was it was it Terminator though? I mean, I could be wrong. Jared, did you see that? I didn't see that. Ah, wow. I hope you're right. That is a huge mistake made there. Yeah, because movies. Even today, they wouldn't be on TV that quickly. No. No. So I don't I, I was confused by that. 
it could have been something else. That seems like a pretty obvious error. I don't feel like they would they would make that. But it looked like Schwarzenegger in the leather jacket with the sunglasses. They could have been watching the ad on TV for Terminator. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it was. Oh. Let's give him an out on that one. That's, yeah. That's, that's, good, that's a good alibi. Still want to get to the bottom of it, though. <laughs> we'll get to you. We'll find your continuity errors. So uh, you noticed that Winona Ryder's hair was better. I also noticed that Winona Ryder's performance was better. Probably this the way she's written. She's not always screaming. That was a yeah. welcome relief. There was one episode where she screamed his name, and I was like, oh, man, DB ain't going like this. Yeah, that was uh-uh. at the end, and I did note it, too. When, uh, uh, it's at the very end after their whole exorcist <laughs> scene, and she starts screaming Will. I'm like, well, she got a brief throwback to season one there. But it didn't last very long, so I was like, okay, it's all right. <laughs> I also noticed, since we're talking hair, they covered her bald spots. Oh, yeah. They got Nancy's bald spot for this one. They they cut her hair and they fluffed it out a bit. Okay. Maybe it's a calic. Maybe she's got a weird calic in there. Hair makeup went on it. They covered it. <laughs> Could be. I'm I'm trying to give Nancy an out, too. Yeah. We were maybe a little harsh on, on we Nancy. Were, <laughs> we went. By the way, if she could easily gain five pounds and still be thin. Well, she looked like she gained three quarters of a pound, and so I think she she's looking a little fat. She's looking a little. <laughs> she was a little, little turkey neck. Yeah. We're never gonna get her on the show. Could we get her neighbor on the show? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can get a neighbor. Let me find out who else my dad has worked with. Okay. Yeah, if Nancy's from the East Coast, we get a good shot. I'm not getting East Coast vibes from her, though. We can dig somebody up. Maybe an old coworker who didn't like her. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, God, that's exactly who we need. <laughs> I need to get my friend involved in this who's able to find everybody on Facebook. When Nancy was running after Mike, this is like, I don't know, this is the first episode of the second. She goes running after him, and I just thought, she's never going to be able to catch him. She hasn't eaten in like three and a half days. Like, <laughs> gonna... Mike could just be walking his bike away. Dude, two steps, she gets atrophy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead. My takeaway from season two as well is that Steve moved up to being one of my favorite characters. I liked him from the first season. He's, I know. I didn't hate him from the first season, but I was dogging him a little bit. Uh-huh. Season yeah. two, definitely up there for me. And definitely like, I don't even know what Nancy was thinking, not staying with Steve. Right. Steve to me is the better, the better candidate than this... She's just getting in with this guy that's got all these fucked up issues. He's got daddy issues. His mom doesn't really give a shit about him either. And now she's just going to have to be there while he unravels. True. Plus, Steve with the kids is great. I love it when he told Dustin, he's like, yo, man, let me tell you my secret to hair. Three sprays of Farrah Fawcett shampoo or a hairspray. And I noticed... A little uh, reference to our Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, I brought up Aquanet, and there is Aquanet there in uh, Dustin's Dustin's hair stuff. Well, as a Jersey girl, Aquanet was the shit. It was big. <laughs> if you need your hair to stay where it needs to stay, I stand by that. I guarantee there's no hairspray that does what Aquanet does today. 
Really? Okay. Yeah, because Aquanet was it was somewhat versatile, even though it was could really stiff the shit out of your hair too. Uh huh. Versatile in what way? What else could you do with it? I mean, it wasn't so you can buy hairsprays now that'll like freeze spray. Okay. But you can only use them for that in that context. Okay. Like you could use Aquanet as a flexible hold as well. Oh, I didn't Ooh. know this. It was able to. Uh, you could just you just bought Aquanet and you had all the hairspray you needed. Dude, we really should be sponsored by Aquanet. <laughs> we we've mentioned Aquanet twice. And and I think Jean Nate too, because that's what when we do our rewrite of season one where the mom is wearing the Jean Nate, she's spraying it after her Virginia Slim. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Nancy and Mike's mom. I got some shit to say. Her Glass of Chardonnay has increased to like a pint since last season. She's drinking a small carafe. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's that's one of the things about this show that I, I that I love. I just wish they would do more with like the fun stuff rather than having to always go back to like the uh, the eleven hopper stuff was like interminable for me. I didn't need to see all the backstory about uh, just knowing that she's living there is all you need to know. Don't need all the backstory. Um, but next season she should be drinking out of a stein. And then when Nancy and Jonathan go up to the house during fourth period, she is drinking a glass of wine. (laughs) Fourth period is before lunch. Oh, did you see her reading that romance novel, like in the bathtub, just like, oh yeah. That's before the, uh, that's when the pharmaceutical companies saw how the, uh, housewives were taking a shine to the wine and they were like, well, we got something for you for during the day. <laughs> you know, Vicodin pairs really good with a glass of wine, right? Set it and forget it. Especially if it's like the box Chardonnay, which she better be buying because otherwise they're going to drain Nancy's college account with all of her fucking wine bottles. Yeah, you just get drunk, honey. Your kids will raise themselves. Well, they voted for Reagan, so they set themselves up for it. Oh, yeah. That was another thing. Of course they would be Reagan supporters, right? Oh, their dad was like, I'm a patriot. And then they zoomed. The next shot was uh, the Reagan's Bush sign. <laughs> Disappointed. Although, you know, in retrospect, now when you look back compared to um, what the re- Republican Party is now, like Reagan, not so bad. You can, you can kind of tolerate that. But given what we have now, it's kind of. Well, Ronald Reagan was an actor, too. So he like part of him was probably like, this is the best part I ever got. But I think that chimp outacted him. He was no Jimmy Stewart. Billy is my other new favorite character. He, I mean, <laughs> okay, so he's not like, he's obviously not the most likable, but he, the the way he's written in the actor, it was fucking great. Like, it was just fun whenever he was on, on screen. I liked it. I liked him. I agree. And... His scene with his dad toward the end, like the second to last uh, episode, that was like the best scene of the show. Like that was really well done and yep. well shot. Like that was like, that was rough stuff. And it was, he's he's good. I like him. Yeah, it's a good backstory right there. I don't know if either one of you guys had any friends whose dad used to beat the shit out of them, but I did. And that felt real, that scene. Yeah, and I mean, just even the character overall, uh, having that kind of a personality totally makes sense. It tracks. It does. You know, what I'd like to see is if they could branch out, get a spinoff for that family, because it's only a matter of time before the wife and her daughter start getting their asses beat as well. 
Oh yeah, that's oh, that's true. season three. <laughs> <laughs> that's right about then is when the wife should have been like, "Oh, I made a mistake." You know what I like? Yeah, when um Billy's sister, um Lucas is like tubular, and then but Billy's sister was like, "Nobody says tubular." I'm like, "Fuck yeah, that's so true." Totally tubular. Dude, surf logo is so fucking terrible on movies. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Jared. Jared has a real thorn in his craw about about the way they write uh, surf surf dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Point Break got it right. Oh, they did. Interesting. Point Break's a great movie. It is. If we branch out into a movie podcast, we'll definitely do that one. I've seen it once. We should do all Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah, Roadhouse. Fucking Roadhouse is great. Johnny Castle, Sam Wheat. Now, when you bring up Lucas, uh, he was another character that I thought they gave uh, a nice refresh to, where he wasn't just always just shouting at the top of his lungs at, <laughs> at everybody. Like he he kind of had a more rounded character, so I liked that. Lucas was Lucas was more better uh, was better written this time around, along with Monona Ryder. So I, I thought that was cool. Doesn't have a whole lot to do. I mean, apart from kind of have a crush on on max he has a sling lucas has a slingshot man he's the wrist rocket he's yeah wrist. <laughs> lucas is the most level-headed of that group he is now right but last season he was just always shouting but yeah this season he's he's the most level but last season he also was like no this this is what we should do yeah so he's just always frustrated he was right but he was always just expressing it wrong yeah yeah he was they just had to make him be an angry black man <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, did you notice that Hooper heard a gunshot when he was investigating the farm and the little kid with the with the gun uh, shot the cap gun and Hooper did not think of shoot. He was like, oh, Hugh. I did note that. And I said that uh, if this was 2019, Hopper would have shot him because, you know, <laughs> he's black. Although, to be fair, he probably would have waited to shoot him uh, in the back while he was running away. So just really shows you how diff- how times have changed. Since, since the 1980s. It's true. I think also I loved, I have written down here that I love Lucas's sister, Erica. Yeah. I was on the fence about her. When they're, when they're taking the pictures for Halloween and she's just dogging him as the younger sister. She's like, you nerd. <laughs> oh, I remember what scene it was. And this wasn't her fault. Nancy and Jonathan are at Murray's. Oh, yeah. That dude. And then they do this whole thing where it becomes like this romantic comedy. I don't know why they want to have sex in his cinder block bunker, like shithole bunker. Like, that's the least romantic. Like, what the fuck is going on there? (laughs) You know he's filming everything in there. Thank you. I wrote that down, too. You know he filmed it. Like, how was your pullout last night? What the (laughs) fuck was that? Uh, this is a grown man with two teenagers in his in his house. Who <laughs> just lost their well, Nancy the little slut, she's been getting around, but I think Jonathan must have lost his virginity that night. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. So is Nancy his first Unless yeah. Jonathan's whole like quiet thing has to do with the fact that some babysitter way back when taught him how to be a man. Now, that's interesting because I wrote this down from season one and then uh, didn't bring it up. But then this this season, it kind of came to mind again uh, that the whole upside down world and the Demogorgon is kind of like this allegory for, 
the Demogorgon felt like a pedophile, kind of like that creature in Pan's Labyrinth that puts the eyes in his hand, like he was the <laughs> yeah, yeah. one who had the uh, the treats like kind of laid out to lure the children in. Um, the Demogorgon kind of felt that way, and the whole this upside down world is like this loss of innocence world. There's there feels like there's something actually meaningful and powerful kind of going on with but i don't know how you guys feel about that but there does seem to be that element and murray just looks like a fucking dirtbag oh <laughs> and not only is he like oh yeah here are these high school students spend the night at my house have some alcohol yeah and then go fuck in my spare room he's getting yeah. drunk i mean we all maybe some of us had those friends parents who were you know, they were the ones you could go to and they would let you drink in their house and stuff like that. And then you look back on it now and you're like, what the fuck were they thinking? But- <laughs> well, for sure. But for me, like it wasn't my this like weird dad, just a single dad, because you're talking now you just got a man doling out the booze. It feels different than when uh, my friend's mom was doing it. Yeah. So after, you know, they do the whole romantic comedy thing where they they talk and then they go to their separate rooms and then he she, he opens the door and then she's standing right there or it's the opposite i can't remember and then it fades to black and then there's moaning oh yeah 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 okay and then that's when the code red on the walkie-talkie right yeah yeah but also so with nancy you got a scenario here with steve where he is just willing to do go walk to the ends of the earth for her now yes She's got him all sewn up. Yes. And Jonathan is not even trying to get with her. He's not like, he's like friendly, but he's just like whatever. And she's, she's tired of what she's got with Steve. So she's ready to move on to Jonathan. It's going to be a mistake. Steve's the better guy there. Now, is that in a way proof of what Steve was telling Dustin, which is the way to get the girl that you want? Oh, to ignore a girl? Yeah, is to is to not. Oh my god, a hundred percent that yeah. works. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So you got to be questioning whether or not they're interested. Yeah. Okay. But that's she's in the relationship with Steve now, and she's going after this Jonathan. I think Nancy's got a poor judge of character romantically. I'm not sure that I'm the right person to be judging anybody about that, but <laughs> here I am. You know what? She. Should be up for an Emmy. Do they give Emmys to Netflix shows? How does that work? They must. I think so, yeah. They've been nominated. It's, yeah, that's all we're saying. Nominate. For your consideration, Nancy. Hollywood billboard. You get a Hollywood billboard for your consideration. <laughs> and they also get put on like the bus stops. Like this. Yeah, yeah. That's how you know, like around around here, that um, maybe you need a better publicist. If you're just on the bus stop one and not on the billboard on, on Hollywood and Vine, then... It's an academy. I can't vote for you, okay? <laughs> you know who's definitely not going to be up for consideration for an, an Emmy is uh, our favorite, Barb. Oh, I like that she got a shout out in the first one. She was really cute as a kid, too. I noticed that. (laughs) As a kid. Let's not talk about what happened in the years since. But as a kid. (laughs) Why'd she cut her hair and did her no favors? When she went for the stern attorney general look, she kind of lost her way a little bit. What I noticed, too, just from like Barb's parents talking, to me, it didn't really seem like they knew their daughter was a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) I like... How she got at the end, uh, she finally got a sparsely attended funeral. 
Um, oh yeah, she, I figure, ten people in attendance. <laughs> I figure most people were busy watching reruns of Cheers. You know, I, I'd like to go. You know, but this is a good. This is a good one. Sam and Diane are finally going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, Dude, do you think Murray was like kind of like you know taking photos of her and just like Barb Murray? Yeah. You know, because you know when they go into his bunker, they had he had pictures of her. I did not like how much attention oh. he was paying to this missing girl either. Like that's creepy too. Like there's all these red flags about Murray. She's perfect for him because he's like she's older than her, older beyond her years. She's got this <laughs> yeah. this haircut that says, "I'm ready to be a housewife," but not the kind that cooks you dinner when you get home. Yeah, the kind that's been laying around all day on the sofa watching watching my stories <laughs> <laughs> you know what i have written down here when they go out to dinner with barb's parents yes oh they don't go out they go in they go oh, to they go in they house. go in yeah. what i what i noticed that i i have written down here db loves um that steve took the opportunity at dinner to reference that the chicken was finger licking good <laughs> Unlike the the store manager who missed the leg of my ego in oh, the first yeah. season. That's true, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. See that? See props to Steve. He didn't let that go by. I, I appreciate that. Hopper almost said let go of my ego. It, it, it was close. Oh, really? When? When uh, they got in an argument with uh, Eleven, he's like, "No more egos." It was kind of right there. He didn't say it, but he was like this close to saying it. Yeah, like he should have in a really condescending, nasty way said it to her. Yeah. He was feeding her French toast with Mrs. Butterworth's maple syrup on it. Like we are... For dinner. Doubling down. And for dinner. I didn't even notice that. I didn't even pick up on that. So they are really trying to give 11 diabetes. (laughs) She's got it. We better have an intervention with uh, Nancy and Mike's mom next season. Uh, for her alcoholism, or she better be mowing the lawn at two in the morning. Well, she's gonna get Billy to mow the lawn for her. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I really hope that we see them two do it. There, there, there's a trailer about that. He apparently in the trailer he's a lifeguard, and Mike and Nancy's mom's in the pool with a bunch of other moms, and they're like, "There he comes!" Oh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, they're all trying to like look good when he's walking by. He he yells at a fat kid. <laughs> I think you're gonna like the next season. <laughs> Nancy and Mike's dad uh, was awesome for me. I, and I'm not sure if it's because you guys loved him so much that he caught my eye more for the second season. Uh-huh. But his little when he was doing his reprimands, oh my god, it was so good. It's like no one is gonna heed. Anything you say, buddy. You're just wasting your breath. And when uh, Dustin, your uh, your best friend, came to the door and he and Dustin, he's just like, I don't know. And it, Dustin is like giving him attitude and then like curses at him. And he's just like language. He says, <laughs> you're so fucking useless. You know that? <laughs> They they really turned up Dustin's character a notch. Like he is he's becoming like a full stand up. He's roasting everybody. He roasts the dad right there. Like it's great. <laughs> I love him with his mom. The relationship there when when he knows that the cat's gone and he does the pretend phone call. 
Oh yeah, the yeah the pretend phone call and then telling her that everything like that struck me as a little sociopathic. I was a little concerned right there. And to me, I thought, oh, see, I really like him. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe this is uh, another indication that you're not the best judge of who Nancy should be dating. You're getting pulled into (laughs) Dustin's sociopathy. Like he seems like a good guy. (laughs) I mean, if Billy's unavailable, I guess I could go for Dustin. Um, well, yeah, Billy's obviously first choice. Oh, okay. Now he is, is it? No, Steve is now for me. If I'm like, who would I, if I had to pick one out of the group, it'd be Steve. Okay. (laughs) Crinkling who's, uh, crinkling stuff. Oh, that's me. I was being Justin. No eating. You cannot eat. You cannot eat on Mike. I'll put it away. What are you eating? Did you bring enough for the class? We're fucking hungry too. <laughs> Maybe he's just huffing rubber cement. We forgot. Oh. We forgot to get our supplies. There were more references to like 80s food and stuff uh, here, like actual brand name. Obviously, like the Three Musketeers and seeing like the old style rapper. I feel like it's kind of like what happened with Toy Story, where in the first movie, they wanted to use Barbie, but Barbie wouldn't let them. And then because Toy Story was so became this big hit by Toy Story 2, they were like, yes, please use Barbie. That maybe something similar to that happened here where they were like, oh, shit, this the show is big. Like, you can use our product. Tab. Nancy was drinking a, a, a tab. So I was thinking maybe she actually is, is an anorexic. Maybe she has cancer. Oh, yeah. Oh. Makes sense. Maybe we're, oh. we're even shittier than we thought. I hope she's got an eating disorder. Anorexia is like horrible. It really is. It's actually it's actually one of the worst. I don't know which one you would you would rather somebody have. Actually, depends anorexia on anorexia or bulimia or anorexia or cancer. Anorexia or cancer, depending on what kind of cancer it was, because anorexia is really difficult to treat. Yeah. Yeah, but certain cancers you can you have a pretty good shot. Like and then full recovery. I don't know. I don't think I should be having this conversation because now it's going to be, I'm going to turn around next, by next episode, I'm going to have cancer. And I'm going to be anorexic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll do it we'll for the show. He's doing better. That's how dedicated we are. We'll compete. We are. We'll see. We, you tell me if there's another Stranger Things podcast out there where the hosts are willing to put themselves in danger just to get to the bottom of it. They're definitely not. And that's what puts us apart. That's why we're going to be in the top 200 Stranger Things podcasts. Yeah. By the time we have it, we're going to have a Star Wars defense uh, laser on a jumbo jet. Oh, speaking of Star Wars, the scene where Mike is collecting toys to uh, contribute to the yard sale and he pulls out the Millennium Falcon. Everyone is screaming at the TV at that point. Don't put up the Millennium Falcon. That shit's going to be worth so much money in 20 years. That was like the real terror of the show for me, that he could potentially put that out for his yard sale. Yeah, that made me cringe. How much is that worth now? I don't know. It's got to be a lot, though. Yeah. Aaron, Star Wars fan? Well, I think you probably know that the answer there is not an excited (laughs) yes, but it's not... It's not a fuck no. I don't know the Millennium Falcon like you guys do. I recently saw the Empire Strikes Back and then watched A New Hope. So anything from those two movies, we can 
about empire strikes back is the only one you'll ever have to watch i can't stand star wars but i do have a soft spot for empire strikes back i love the trilogy i also like darth vader i mean when he i went and saw it at the symphony they do that all the time here in sf they play the movie and then the symphony plays the score okay that's cool so i'm i'm watching people play the music every time darth vader comes on the screen his music's the best yes so I'm I'm just a I'm I'm pro Darth Vader. That's the way to watch Empire. The best way to watch Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. yeah, with that full live symphony, that'd be great. I mean, that is like the best one of the of all of them. I mean, I say I hate Star Wars. I hate Star Wars now as an adult. As a kid, you know, it was it was cool. It was fun. But I don't get this whole love for Star Wars at all today. And the new movies are like just awful. Dude, the new movies are so bad. Oh, man. My parents weren't watching Star Wars. No? So there just wasn't... No, like when I was younger, my dad would throw on some Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Fuck yeah. Oh, your dad had taste. <laughs> We'd sit around watching those, but that just was never introduced to me. And then I remember when the Star Wars, the newer ones were coming out in the movie theaters, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people were excited to go see it. And I was like, I don't think so. No interest whatsoever. <laughs> That's awesome. That, this is feeling. This is starting to feel like the uh, the Brett Easton Ellis podcast because now we can talk about how great it is to just expose kids to adult content rather than keep feeding them this like uh, this kind of bullshit entertainment made for kids. It's like you as a child watching Alfred Hitchcock, and I saw some of those. Like I would watch some of that stuff with my parents too, and uh, yeah, it's cool because it much better than. The other stuff that's like coddling kids in a way. Yeah, we watched that. And I remember being like five and watching Stephen King's It with my dad. Oh, okay. That's that's definitely influenced Stranger Things. Here I was. I had already watched Nightmare on M Street. So Sweet. That's cool. <laughs> it was just in the 80s too. It was just like there were – I don't even know why they had ratings on movies because I was never told I couldn't watch something because it was rated R. That's great. That's great. Well, also I remember like – in the 90s, all the violent stuff on TV, like that was getting blamed. I can remember there being like some kid doing some fucked up thing and the news talking about it mm-hmm. and then blaming like Beavis and Butthead yeah. being one of the uh, the reasons why. And it's like, yeah, Beavis and Butthead, if we're talking about his fucking parents, that's what we're calling them. That's the reason he's acting like a dick. And of course... Columbine was Marilyn Manson's fault, even though the kids yeah, didn't listen. I remember to that. Manson. They had yeah. TV ratings when Columbine happened. Yeah, you know, I mean, Full House does make you violent, though. I mean, that's the truth. That's a damn fact, man. I don't understand why that show was popular and continues to be. I mean, I, 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 I probably watched so many hours of that that stupid shit, but that one doesn't hold up. That one gets you too. Like, who grew up in a house like that? I mean, I certainly didn't. But I don't even have any, I can't even think of friends that grew up in a home. Well, let's not even get into the mixed that we got, this one living under the steps or whatever, any of that. Just the way it was all like lovey-dovey and all that all the time. And then you go back into your piece of shit family and you're like, why aren't we like them? (laughs) And that's just starting a fire internally. (laughs) I don't even remember what the premise of Full House was, um, but when we... When we delved into Charles in Charge last week, I became really alarmed. I was like, oh, my God, that's what they did? That's the premise? That is that is a terrifying 
premise. That is not good to be promoting that. Like that's worse than again showing like a a movie with a love scene is pumping Charles in charge into people's kids' minds every day and thinking like, oh, you can just pick up a stranger who needs a place to live and let them live in the garage. Like what the fuck? With your teenage girls. Take care of your children. Yeah, and your teenage girls. Right. And they, he's in there cooking dinner and shit, probably poisoning the whole family. Yeah, he's he's dropping GHB, yeah, into the spaghetti sauce. <laughs> in Jersey, there were there were people I remember at prom one year that gave themselves GHB. That was like a thing. Isn't it like ecstasy? Isn't GHB? Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. I think so. Right, Jared? Oh, 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 all right. Jared, you know a lot of GHP. <laughs> Jared, you're yeah. a drug expert. <laughs> you're, talking about, you're talking about what's in MDMA. Oh. That would, that would be, that, 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 that's what's in Molly and um, Ecstasy. Yeah, isn't there some GHP in there? I don't know. There I think there's is. like crossover. We need to do a Venn diagram. Yeah, there's some should. crossover between those And two. then we're Hypno. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Is that that's something different than GHP? Is that a Mickey? I think so. Oh, is that a Mickey? You know who we need to ask about all this? Is Bill Cosby available? I feel Dr. Like Huxtable. I, Dr. Huxtable. That's right. It was all right there in front of us, and we just missed it. Yeah, I know. Al- Alf only knows cocaine, so. Who who knows cocaine? Alf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We discussed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. <laughs> That's why Alf is cooler than all of them. You want to be cool, you do lots of cocaine. There it is. Like... 11 and her friend slash sister eight. Now this whole storyline, you like that segue by the way? Yeah, that was really good. Smooth, smooth. smooth. You know, what makes it smoother is stopping to point out how smooth it was. Uh, So (laughs) eight, her, what sister slash friend, they're kind of like, you know, adopted sisters in a way because they were both in that government facility with uh, what was it? They were in the rainbow room or something. Yeah. Speaking of tangents, this whole Chicago tangent that ultimately ended up being sort of pointless, except that we got to see Eleven uh, get done up to look like Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, what was the point of that? They just went over there so she could like dress up like a goth punk. First of all, I hate her hair, too. <laughs> it's it's nasty, but it, it really it's is bad. like Heath Ledger's Joker, which is set in Chicago, too. I feel like that was an intentional thing that they did, right? Well, I my thoughts were, and I didn't watch the trailer yet, but I thought that the reason that she was brought in was so that now they have room to grow for a third season where mm. the sister comes. To Hawkins? Yeah, or they have to go, the whole gang goes to help the sister or something. I just assumed that's why she was brought in last season because after she leaves, or I thought she was going to show up at the end of the season to help fuck shit up. She didn't do that either. Now, what are your feelings just about Eight as a character? I don't know what her real name is, but we can call her Eight. I don't know why she still has a British accent. That was weird. That was weird. She was taken as a child. From London, yeah. And this is in Indiana. Come on. I mean, I've shook a lot of my Jersey accent just living in California for seven years. She's at this age now. She still has a British accent. Well, if I could affect a convincing British accent, I might I might stick with that. True, that does sound fun. I say, we should just do the rest of the podcast like this. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I would love to. I actually used to talk in a British accent a lot. Oh my God. We just lost like half of our listeners. Huge Mary Poppins fan as a child. Oh, no, that is a good one. 
I love Mary Poppins. Yeah, there you go. Um, she joins the Spice Girls later on. How did you feel about the rest of the gang, though? Oh, the Mohawk guy, and then the like the <laughs> yeah junkies eventually yeah the, the future uh, junkies we're gonna get to the intervention episode it should be called just say no chapter <laughs> yeah. i was really annoyed at first with all of them especially the mohawk guy i mean it was yeah. it's just like whoa, these lines are so stupid and cheesy i also it, it didn't help either that so they did shoot some scenes those scenes when Eleven initially gets off the bus, those are definitely shot on the streets of Chicago, but those are just a few scenes. And then you can tell when they go back to studio backlot uh, scenes because all of the graffiti looks like it was painted yesterday. Everything is fresh. <laughs> That's really fresh. annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know the show has to do it within the confines of its budget, but like just like the, it was just kind of cheesy cheesy graffiti but like the the mohawk guy was fucking annoying and why does he call 11 11 says something about how she saw or knew how to find her and he calls her a schizo why is he so quick to dismiss this girl when the leader of their group is able to like cloud people's minds like the shadow and do all this stuff like he knows that these people have these special these special powers but this girl who just shows up out of nowhere could never have them she's a schizo i don't know i was annoyed by that they didn't um get characters in that role that had the same um talent as the guy that they cast for billy true because Billy's role could have, I mean, that could have gone really cheesy, too. Yeah, they could have gone bad. But there was an intensity in that guy's eyes. Yes. And just little choices that he made that made it not be cheesy. This was like, this is a troubled motherfucker. Now, these people, by all accounts, are troubled as well. But they're, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it with them. They're really one-dimensional. Yeah, one one dimensional, unconvincing. Uh, yeah, okay. So I wasn't I wasn't alone in this because. But then there's another part of me that remembers people that back in high school that would do like the, I'm gonna do my hair all crazy or after Columbine I'm gonna wear a trench coat, and they were all just posing anyway. They weren't really committing to that character themselves. So maybe that is part of. Ooh. Although I don't think so. That's interesting. So I don't think there was that deep. Feels like we're reaching for a, a justification for the the poor acting. <laughs> I think so too. But I, but I like it though. I like it because yeah. So it's adding like some complexity and some layers to to excuse this yeah this bad bad performance. But I that's love cool. How he's like, Use your hatred to fuel. I'm like, all right, Darth Vader. All right. Oh, yes. And when did it become where now first season, Eleven would just lean forward and 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 kind of squint to do her mind control thing, and now she's holding her hand out like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> when did that happen? Why is that now the case? <laughs> Did she, when she pulls Mike up, when he jumps off the cliff, are her hands not up then? I don't know. That's a good question. And we don't do research on this show, so we'll not no. go back. Because I, I, I felt like it was like she needed to give more when she's doing like a really hefty task. 
No. Okay. So a train car that's that's heavy, but normal smaller stuff. She just she just leans in. I feel like. Eh. I'm just. I'm look at me. I'm like the. Uh, I'm like their attorney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are. And for everything. You're, you're the defense. I'm the prosecution. <laughs> Your Honor. This feels like Great a weak up. excuse. For- <laughs> And I don't think, uh, although the flaw would come back to me, because I don't think, Jared, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke Skywalker didn't hold out his hand like that. That was more like the Emperor, right? Am I wrong? No, Luke did. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. Remember when he had to pick up the the X-Wing, and then Yoda's like, don't try, just do? Yeah. Aaron, you remember that? There is no try. Only do? do? Or you do not. There is no try. Yoda's cool as fuck. Oh, see? Aaron, you're becoming like the expert. I love Star Wars. I'm no longer the expert, so that burns out of my league now. (laughs) I'm an expert on one scene in Star Wars. (laughs) All right, here's one for you, Aaron, is the defense. Okay. They do a shot of the Chicago skyline um, that doesn't make much sense for a couple of reasons. One, and I won't go into this, but they're on dry land but they're looking at the skyline and that is clearly like from the water although it totally didn't make a whole lot of sense and two uh you can see trump tower in that mix with the spire and that did not go up uh until within the last 10 years so uh i've been to chicago before Uh uh-huh i know exactly what you're talking about as far as the skyline yeah and i when you started this out i didn't know about when things were put up but I did think that it was going to be something about a building being there that wouldn't have been there in the 80s. Yeah. And I was definitely looking for it because, you know, I'm like, yeah, you oh. were like, I'm the Chicago expert. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find something. To, I, I, But I was surprised because I was like, N- they're totally going to I'm going to look for this. I'm going to look for this inconsistency. But I know that their digital effects will have blotted it out, you know. So but I was looking at it and looking at it, I'm like, oh, no, that for sure is Trump Tower. And uh, it's they did foreshadowing, not. okay? Yeah. Well, I think they do need to be caught out about it because it would be like if they showed the New York skyline and had the Freedom Tower there instead of the the Twin Towers. Right. Yeah. Come on, man. All right. Make us believe. I got. I got well, that one. It's the eighties. I, uh, I rest my case. Yeah. No. Know. No. No. I. I can't even <laughs> defend that. I'm disappointed in my client. They messed up your hometown, DB. <laughs> Wait till Kanye hears about this. Oh, dude, Kanye's going to go in fire. Kanye. (laughs) Well, speaking of music, this soundtrack I don't like as much as the first soundtrack. It's a little more more bombastic and kind of intrusive, whereas the... The first season was more subtle for the score, but it's still it's still good. But what about uh, some songs? They had uh, they had rats. Oh, yeah. Round and round. Oh, I love that song. That is great. (laughs) And he's actually watching the video, too. Uh, That's Billy while he's working out at home, not doing curls correctly at all. He's swinging his back. That's not going to help you build any muscles. He's doing a Cobra Kai workout. Yeah, but he's like 17, so he's not going to hurt himself either. It's going to be a while before he realizes. That's true. When it's too late. When he's 45 and and (laughs) living that divorced single life in a trailer outside of Hawkins, that's when it's it's (laughs) going to creep up on him. When those back problems come in. (laughs) I noticed that they gave um, Talking Heads a shout out. Yeah, I like that. Oh, where? I missed that. They didn't play any songs. They just referenced the band. 
as somebody that Jonathan was a fan of. Jonathan's got good taste. He does have good taste in music. Now, Talking Heads, though, wait, am I thinking of the right band? Are they the ones that did? Oh, no, that's I'm thinking Pet Shop Boys. Okay, Talking yeah. Heads, I okay. don't really know. I was thinking West End Girls. Psycho Killer. Oh, okay, sure. That, 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 Maybe that. next season. Not as good as The Clash, though. Jonathan was listening to The Clash with Will, and that was Clash are way better than Talking Heads, right? Oh, dude. I, I'd have to look at both groups' catalog of music. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So you're, you're unwilling to take a position right now. Yes, I will. Just um, They're both solid punk bands. Talking Heads? Punk? Well, it's kind of punkish. I don't know. They were quirky, if nothing else. What about Devo? Devo. We got Whip It when they're pulling up to the arcade. That I was just going to say Whip It would have been a good one for me, like if I was at the skating rink. I, don't, I can't decide whether that's a good song or not. If I'm driving in my car, I'm not keeping it on the radio. Yeah. Uh, well, and certainly if you pull up to a stoplight and the windows are down... Another uh, 80s reference, when, they, when they're back in Chicago and they go to the guy that they're going to kill, um, and of course we knew that, I mean, that's why I felt like the whole Chicago thing was such a, like a, a, an unnecessary tangent, unless they were actually going to have Eleven kill somebody and now make this character a little more uh, uh, interesting. Because even as Eleven says, she has killed people before. Yeah. We saw her kill like a bunch of people. I mean, my problem was they didn't make it look like she's killed people. It was like, nameless soldiers. Yeah, apparently they don't count, but I'm sure they have families. Yeah, I really can't figure out why, unless they're going to bring the sister back in. Because all of the things that they did with going to her mom and all that, she could have, there could have been a way that she figured that out without introducing a sister. And what does it say about this guy's character, the one that they're going to kill? And I guess... Do they actually end up, does eight end up killing him? I think, no. No, uh, they don't. Eleven stops the gun and throws the gun out the window. She throws the guns out, yeah. He's alone in the living room watching Punky Brewster. That's kind of weird. I did not pick up that that was Punky Brewster that he was watching. That was Punky Brewster. And the reason that I made sure to note it is that I occasionally see Punky Brewster on PCH on my way to work. She drives a white Land Rover. So Lil Moonfry. She's still doing well. Oh, I like that. And the reason does that, that, mean I, she's, that she looks good? She's, she does look good. Yeah, she looks good. <laughs> she's driving a white Land Rover. She's doing something right. She didn't, like, uh, she didn't do the whole child actor. She didn't do a Corey Feldman. Corey or, Feldman. Uh, well, I think Corey. he's actually sort of managing to hold on. He went through, speaking of like trauma, this show kind of feels like oh, it's almost like a story about like Will is almost him. Uh, right. But like, or like Edward Furlong, right? From Terminator 2. Oh, yeah, Edward Furlong. Oh, boy. Or from the Living on the Edge video by Aerosmith. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was in that too. Yeah, so she's, uh, yeah. And the reason that I know that it's her is because I saw the, the license plate is like punk or something like that. It's Stop. like. I love that. Yeah. And then I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, Punky. I'm like, that, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is Punky Brewster. And then you look, I'm kind of like trying to pull up and look at her. I'm like, that definitely looks like that could be her. And then I Google her on my phone and I'm like, oh, that's definitely her. So I was like, I wanted to wave. It's Punky Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> Punky Brewster. 
See if we can get her on the show. You know what I'll have to do is when I see her, I'll just rear end her and then we'll have to pull over and exchange information. Crash into her. Perfect. There you go. I should probably take out the license plate stuff. I don't know if legally that's a problem. That <laughs> <laughs> is a problem. I'm just going to beep it guy, out. White, white Land Rover. Get her. Yeah. She drives on PCH between about uh, 8.30 and 9 o'clock in the morning. So you guys know where to find her. There you go. Somewhere in the valley. No, no, this is PCH. This is this Oh, this is PCH. She's not oh. coming out to the valley for anything other than an oil change. And I don't even know why she would do that. But she's either. not looking for anonymity though because she's got vanity plates. Which I don't know. Which How do you guys feel about those? I'm not usually a fan of vanity plates. Me either. Uh, Me we either. agree on this, your honor. Council council agrees. All right. <laughs> My job in life is to stay as far the fuck away from the DMV as possible. I only have to go there when it's absolutely necessary. Why would I want to go through this shit with vanity plates and have to pay extra for them and then have people be able to easily remember my car? I want anonymity. I don't want people being able to like... (laughs) Because I do it all the time, I'll like on my way to work. That's like Punky Brewster, sure. But like, there's other ones where I'm like, oh yeah, now I, I remember that car. So I kind of know your pattern. We could talk about you know people like Ted Bundy. You don't want to give people people <laughs> any reason to be able to remember you and and identify a pattern with what you do. Plus, you never know what kind of shit you might get into. Yes. yes true. And it'd just be nice if you could just get the fuck out of there without anybody remembering your license plate in case it goes that way. Eight's gang in Chicago, their stupid white primer van doesn't have vanity plates, right? Exactly. Yeah. Point made. Did they ever call her anything? I can't even remember if she had a name. Which one? Eight. I think she had a name. I think she did too. It, it, it was forgettable as the episode. <laughs> she, yeah, she could have been a better actress. She also, um, I noticed that she, she gets her coke nose too whenever she uses her powers. That's what they bonded over. And later on, uh, Eleven is bleeding from both nostrils. So apparently she took our advice and she started alternating nostrils. She's just doing so much that it it doesn't keep her from getting a bloody nose. She got to the point where like she physically could not use the one nostril. So she had to. She didn't take our advice. She was like, they don't know what they're talking about. And then she was like, oh shit, they might've known what they were talking about. Now, Jared, in season three, uh, did they show any scenes where Eleven no longer has any cartilage left in her nose? Well, yeah, her nose becomes like um, Artie Lang's nose currently, where it turns into a pig. <laughs> what does it do for her face, though? Oh, man. she Her hair gets longer. Okay, I was gonna. that was going to be my next question. What her hair looks like. I'm really pumped to see this trailer. Yeah, there's. I think there's like two different ones. You know, one with um, Billy, you know... As a lifeguard, and another one where it's just like a couple. You'll like the um the Steve and uh Dustin scene right at the end. There was a woman that lived a street over from my dad, who had sex with the paper boy, who lived just a couple houses down from my dad. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Is it? Can we get some ages? Can we? Uh, we yeah, get okay. Ages. Yeah. So I want more. So the the paper boy. My sister used to have a crush on. He was only a couple years older than her. And the woman on the street over 
I'm going to put her at like, we'll say the paper boy is like 16 to 18. Okay. So we're going to put the woman on the other street at, let's say 40, just round it off to Whoa. 40. But it could have even been, could have been up a little, but I think 40 is a good number to rest on. Okay. Um, and it was just common knowledge. I mean, my, my parents knew about it. It's not like they were hobnobbing with the neighbors. It was just like people knew that the paper boy owned the lady. That was his bonus. Oh, you know what? Her husband may have come home. I'll, I'll get to the bottom of the story. I'll talk to my stepmom and I'll find out what the uh, facts of the case are. Yes. But it, that's what it reminded me of when Billy showed up. To Nancy and Mike's mom's house. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I was definitely. like, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, wow. Take that's, two. That's great. Now, so you said he may have been 16, and of course, the legal age of consent in New Jersey, I'm assuming, is 13 and a half? Yeah. I think it's 12. Yeah. Okay. Um, 12. 12 sounds about right. <laughs> so this could have been... It, it, we're, we could be dealing with a statutory rape charge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> I just I'm putting him at 16 just because I feel like to be the paper boy, you, there's two age groups that do the paper boy. It's the young boy who can't drive his car or doesn't have a license. He can't drive a car. Sure. So so he's the paper boy. Or there's like the old guy that's like moonlighting as the paper boy or older adult. But 18 years old is a weird age to be the paper boy. You have a license, you can drive, you can go get a job somewhere. So to be the paper boy is a strange choice for an 18 year old. And I remember he had a pretty cool car. So I feel like he'd want to get out there and flex. So yeah. But there's not many jobs where you like end the job having sex with a neighbor. Paperboy, <laughs> milkman, and pool guy, right? Yeah. Pool guy, yeah. Uh, pool guy, so, guy. So you remember him with a car, but... Like, I remember him walking... I remember him coming to the door to collect money for the uh -huh. paper, like, knocking up. Okay. Not... Like, you wouldn't drive your car... I mean, you could. You could drive your car, park it at the end of the street, and walk up and down, but when he... He didn't like leave and get back in his car like the pizza delivery guy and then drive one house down, wow. get out of his car. Wow. And I remember him having a black car. And hey, he was hot, like for sure. He he could have been having sex with girls his own age, but that's how good looking he was. And even the older woman was like, it's worth the charge. Was she now, was she attractive like Mike and Nancy's mom or what are we talking about? Now, that's what I don't, I didn't know this woman. Okay, okay. So, but I think there's a way for me to to find out whether or not she was attractive. As soon as I talk to my stepmom and I get a name. Okay. And then I take to the internet and see what I can dig up. Yeah, and then make sure you share a first and last name on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and give us a picture and a link to her Facebook page. We'll put it up on the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're just looking for publicity of any kind. No, no publicity I, is bad publicity. I'll give you her, her address. Good, good. From and when she was thrown in the paper guy. And a couple phone numbers, and we can call her up on the show and get her take on whether or not she would bone Billy. I know we can get her neighbors on the show. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh man, that would this be a is good some bonus research. research. Now, these are things that we should do. We should start a Patreon, and if people want to hear these interviews, especially <laughs> with the next door neighbor of the woman who boned the paper boy in New Jersey back in the eighties, then they have to pay. <laughs> so this this was this would have happened in like I don't know, maybe ninety five, ninety six. Okay, okay, all right. So then, okay, yeah. So ninety six. I'm twelve. I'm sixteen. My sister is 15. So maybe he was 17? So, yeah, I, I, he was not three years older than my sister. Okay. He was, I'm going to give him two years tops over my sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because. But then I still think he's not 17 because, well, maybe he's safe. That's why he's being a paper boy. Oh my God, I just put it all together. Okay. He is 17. He wants to buy this cool ass fucking car. Oh, right. He's got his license, but he has no car. And his parents want him to be a man, so they're not going to help contribute. <laughs> or they want to teach him to be a man, so they're going to match whatever he comes at them with. Yeah. So now he's like, let me be the paper boy so I can raise my funds. Or they want him to be a man, and they want him to bone the uh, 40-year-old down the street. <laughs> There's a slut that lives the next road over. <laughs> and this is in the 90s, so this could be Nancy all grown up. That's true. Oh my gosh, Nancy totally would too because she's, it's, you know, the pathology is set. She was even uh, setting up for later on when Dustin's a little older to come calling and uh, check on her status. Oh yeah, she's like, you know what, I could see something in him when he gets a little older, so... Let me go put my scent over there. <laughs> is that what it is? She's it rubbing her scent. Reserve my spot for later. <laughs> Guys, before we go, this is awesome. I want to, yeah, you, we got to come back to this story. You got to give us an update on, on yep, what you're going to find yeah. out. That is great. Oh my God. <laughs> I, we should just do a podcast just about <laughs> South Jersey. Aaron's experiences in South Jersey growing up. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, honestly, I love this idea of um, I have a lot of stories about South Jersey and con I like the idea of like finding these people and contacting them to see if they really will. I have a great story about prank phone call. If oh, you guys want to listen. This is how I know you is because oh. I was you were on Godfrey's pub crawl and it was the one where you got this number and these people get texting. <laughs> no, we're going to do this story. I remember okay. it. I remember it. Oh, Jared, you're going to love this fucking story. Dude, I want to know now. <laughs> we'll definitely come back to that. No, we got to tell that whole story. Oh my God. It's so, it's one of the best things I've done in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's going on your tombstone. It's like, Not this to... is how I feel. Like I can get how people feel about their, um, like they're so proud of their children or like this baby that I had that did this big thing. I'm like, Oh my God. I, I can just give up now on life. Yeah. I you peaked. Did it. <laughs> you peaked. <laughs> oh, I peaked hard. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Guys, before we go, we have we didn't mention at all Bob. Oh yeah. Winona Ryder's boyfriend. Oh, I have in here. Winona is banging Rudy. <laughs> Rudy Rudy after he let himself go. <laughs> oh my god. He was my other favorite character. So Billy and Bob which is just great. Billy Bob. <laughs> Billy, Billy and Bob. They're my favorite characters, especially now that Mike and Nancy's dad is a Reagan conservative. But when he got eaten by the, the demodogs at the end, I was laughing. That was a good... They even had his arms splayed out like he was Jesus. 
<laughs> they sacrificed him. You knew by Winona's eyes, too, that he was not making it out of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw as soon as he left a gun in. Like, why would you leave the gun? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was an accident. Bob is prone to accidents. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Well, was. Yes. Yes, he was. God rest his soul. Rest in peace. He was great. Like, we're going to miss him much more than Barb. Barb, Barb was kind of like the comic relief from uh, season one, and Bob is the comic relief for season two. Oh, my God. He was very optimistic about Radio Shack's future. I found that to be uh, sad. But at least, he, that was at least sad. he didn't have to live long enough to see his dreams of becoming a Radio Shack manager go down the hill. Oh, man. He had, he had big, big dreams with Radio Shack. <laughs> yeah, he's going to move to Maine. I don't know the whole history of Radio Shack, but it was like one of those... It just combusted right at the end. <laughs> Best Buy kind of like just destroyed it, I think was one of them. My Best Buy, Circuit City, but Circuit City went, went away too. Circuit City went, went to under. Circuit City, where services state of the art. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I used to write down in my resume for uh, past job references. I would like look up a Circuit City and be like, yeah, I worked here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Reason for leaving, um, uh, out of business. I can give you my former manager's personal number. She said that she wouldn't mind vouching for me. Yeah. And then they call me and I'm like, yeah, he was a great employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he actually worked better when he was drunk. Isn't that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now he, he does need a drink during his shift, but... <laughs> And if he doesn't get he's, one, he can get a little aggressive. But we we did have an incident, but he's uh, as long as he takes a steady shot an hour, he's great. He'll sell more than anybody else on the floor. Exactly. You should just apply to a job now that you don't even want, and just put down Aaron as your former supervisor at Circuit City, so she can have yeah. the pleasure of saying these things. Please. Oh my God, this oh, will make my day. <laughs> I have written down here too. I guess I was disappointed in Dustin. I said, how come after what happened, he just takes in some weird creature? I know, man. He let the cat and and he neglected his turtle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah whatever whatever happened, fucking it's... happened with the turtle? Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm really, I was like, dude, the turtle, come on. Did it end up in a sewer in New York City and learn martial arts? Maybe, maybe oh, that yeah. was. Oh, time. my God. That's how the Ninja <laughs> Turtles start. Yeah. And then eight. Uh, starts become Shredder and then finds the Foot Clan because they look like they become the Foot Clan. Oh, you know what else I've written down here? We we got Paul Reiser up in the mix now. That is crazy that we haven't mentioned that. Right? And we got Paul Reiser in the mix and I put together, I still don't know how to say his last name, but I think it's Modine. I think it's Matthew Modine. Oh, Modine? See, when I look at it, <laughs> Modine could work too, but either way, they're in a movie called Bye Bye Love together. Oh, wow. Back in the 80s. That sounds like a romantic comedy. Yes. If memory serves, they're like divorced fathers who are like helping each other out through the, or, you know, like the one's dating and then one gets back with the wife or whatever, but they like bond over being divorced fathers. Okay. I feel like Steve Gutenberg was in it too, but. What would have been cool is if I would have confirmed my suspicions no, on no. what Bye Bye Love was. Absolutely not. No, if there's no. one thing that we don't do on any of our podcasts, it's research. <laughs> okay. So in my memory, I feel like, well, now I feel like I've merged two different stories together. 
Because now I'm like getting Richard Lewis in there somehow, and that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah. I think Jerry Seinfeld shows up. And... <laughs> this might have been a dream I had. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. But I like how you're. I like how you catalog your dreams with like titles. <laughs> this dream was called Bye Bye Birdie or some shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was Paul Reiser, but then he turns into Richard Lewis. The... Oh. Now, the one note I have down about Paul Reiser, apart from him being a great actor, I, I, he was refreshing too. He was great. But the other note I have is that, again, perhaps we're being too hard on Nancy. Perhaps Paul Reiser is just eating all of her food at the uh, craft <laughs> services, and she's just getting left with scraps. Well, <laughs> if he's eating Nancy's food, then it could stand to reason that he's been getting into their liquor cabinet as well, which is why Nancy and Mike's mom is drinking so much at one sitting because she's like, it disappears off the shelf because he's looking bloated from drink as well. <laughs> okay, yeah, he does have that kind of a look. I mean, Paul Reiser, I mean, you think about it, he used to be probably the highest paid with Jerry Seinfeld. There was a Seinfeld and then it was what, Mad About You. Did you watch Mad About You? Never once. Never once for me either. I know it had a dog. Yeah. No interest. How was it so big? I don't know. Who are these people that watched it? People probably in their 30s. 30s, Like it was like the huge show of the time. And I'm like, no, thank you. Mm -mm. But he had to have been making all that money. And now he's, you know, no, no disrespect to Stranger Things, but you're, he's kind of slumming it in in here for (laughs) why? What did he do? Did he get divorced or what? Well, maybe he's thinking like, oh, Stranger Things had a really good, they they had a good first season. Ah, So maybe he's trying uh to Danny DeVito his way in here. (laughs) <laughs> like with Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, oh yeah. this is a good jumping off right here. I might get in here on kind of on the ground level. You know, yeah, I take it back. I mean, I don't want to say... Also Danny DeVito, though, either, to be fair. Yes. True. Danny DeVito's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And although I, I did think that Paul Reiser was great in this. He was... Oh, he was... was even when he's just directing Bob out of the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Just it felt very much like how that person would. Although in the beginning of the season, I did think he was going to be a piece of shit. Yes, I had that feeling. I'm like, he's the new piece of shit. Yeah, and he kind of was. He was. He was, which is fine. You know, he's more like a gray character than you know, just uh, black and white. Like a real person. Yeah, but for someone who works at Hawkins Labs, he doesn't seem to be that bad of a guy. It seems like he recognized how fucked up it all was and was like, all right. I need to work to be part of the solution, not the problem. Where Matthew Modine, Modine, um, he was like, no, I'm full on in this. I'm I'm a piece of shit, and I like it. And I don't even get piece of shit. I just get really fucking annoying. Like, that character sucks. Like, not, not because he's a bad character. It's just like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to think about Matthew Modine other than he's bad but he's like he's not charismatic in any way like Billy is charismatic as hell as a bad character and then there's this Matthew Modine it's just and I think the other thing that I hate is his name is Papa that's just that's just a disgusting name (laughs) got child molester written all over yeah yeah yeah. well I mean well well, here's the other problem with uh, his character Uh, Steve's hair is better than uh, (laughs) Modine's Steve or Billy (laughs) oh shoot 
Steve's hair is better than everybody's. True. Yeah, Steve's got the best hair. Then I think it's Billy. Billy's hair is good because it looks like it's full, but it, it's getting a little. He's go, he's going like Bon Jovi with his hair. A little, yeah. <laughs> I see him like going toward that way. It's a little longer than I prefer. Oh, they had Runaway. They had Runaway on there. And the earrings, like the the long earrings. Yeah. He's got a good look. He was able to rock the, uh, what do they call it? The denim tuxedo? Is that what it's yeah. called? You know, where you wear the jean jacket with the jeans, but he yeah. had like, the white shirt. And I'm like, you know, eh, that kind of works. That's not an easy look to pull off. I don't think so. No, not at all. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Jared? Well, Jared's got the hair for it. I got the hair. Jared could do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you got to have like the, the button up shirt that's like the top three buttons are unbuttoned. Yeah. Well, that, that's my shirts anyway, because I break buttons, man. Oh, you do? Oh. <laughs> How do you break buttons? Uh, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> you got to stop doing your Hulk Hogan impression when you're wearing the button ups, man. Oh, that's true. I, I, I've, been do- I do- I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> All right, guys, any final comments about uh, season two? I liked it. I thought it was it was good. It was a nice transition from season one. Yep. It was just as interesting of a storyline for me. I was engaged the whole time. And I am looking forward to season three. Looking forward to watching this trailer. The minute I hang up with you guys. You'll like it. It'll make you look forward to it more. Yeah, and there's like uh, two or three there on, on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, I liked it too. Overall, I had uh, I, I thought the first half was better than the uh, the second half, and then after they were done with all the monster stuff in the last episode, I thought it was great. I loved the uh, the high the junior high dance. I thought that was fun. More of just the uh, the sort of color elements, the stuff that feels more like some of the things that Twin Peaks would do, where it's just like you know these portraits of characters in small town. Here it's Indiana. I like that stuff, and I like the retro stuff. I love the stuff at the arcade in like the first oh, the two episodes. Good. It was great. That character who ran the arcade, he was great. He's always eating cheese puffs, uh, which I don't know why you would do cheese puffs instead of Cheetos. You know, we all know <laughs> that those are better. The cheese puffs have this mealy mush in your mouth. It's terrible. Yeah, dude. Well, I, I was a Jack's Cheese Curls girl. Jared, do you remember those? I remember those. I don't know if they were everywhere outside of the East Coast. I don't know. I like the Hers brand, though. Oh, Hers cheese curls. Okay. I was Jack's. Yeah. Jack's was good. What was your favorite tasty cake? Oh, mine. Yeah. Mine, mine's the one. I forget what, what it's called. The one with the fucking uh, the yellow frosting on it. Oh, your butterscotch crimpet. Yeah, I love the butterscotch crimpet. Oh, man. Um, peanut butter tandy cakes. Ooh, peanut butter candy cakes is a good one too. Peanut butter candy cakes—that sounds better. Ugh, butterscotch. No thanks. It is better than it sounds. Okay. Okay. I'm not big on butterscotch either. Yeah. That's, you have to have milk when you're eating them. Do you dip them in milk? No, I don't like milk. Well, I don't like milk either. But when you're eating butterscotch crimpets, it's like Oreos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I think I think I my body rejects milk. I, I think it makes I think I'm lactose intolerant. Wait, do you eat Oreos without milk? I like it dry. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch the context uh, in which you say that. <laughs> that's that's a sound bite right there. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble. I think that's what Aaron's neighbor, who's sleeping with the paper boy, would often say. Oh man! 
All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with our Stranger Things Season 3, which is dropping on July 4th, and we'll start doing our shows per episode of that. And uh, we may also have some other uh, little shows that drop here and there, so just uh, stay tuned to this feed. You can find out more at bandcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back soon.